We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Good morning, Grinders! Welcome to the DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, a.k.a. Blender Ed, Blender HD, if you want to follow me on Twitter. And it's Wednesday, Wednesday, September 28th, and we'll be talking a little bit about the NFL this uh, this coming Sunday. Uh, taking, taking a look at some, uh, some prize picks, maybe? Maybe underdog, that type of stuff. Uh, answering your questions, anything DFS-wise, if you have any DFS strategy questions, I'm always here to answer. It's a kind of like a wild card, wild card Wednesday here. Good morning, Wataz, Suki Singh, the early birds here as usual. Matt Mears, Mark, Bart B, Alex Santi, Defic, Rob Gardner. Could be Travis, it could be Travis, probably is. MJC, good morning. Hit that thumbs up button. You know how much I like the like button, the, the thummy thumbs. Give me the thummy thumbs, the subscribe scribes, and the notification belly bells. All uh, right, to always know when we go live. Uh, there's an MLB slate later today. There'll be MLB Grinders Live. There's tons of NFL content coming out today, tomorrow, Friday. Uh, the, uh, the, the, the prop show last night from, uh, from Britt and, and, and Will, Chief Justice, uh, that, that's, that's on the channel. Uh, the, the Blitz release show. I'm not sure if that's premium only. It should probably should be premium only. Uh, that'll be on later today, I believe. That that t- the Blitz release show uh, is is I I'll explain why it's not a must watch, but it's a must watch if you don't want to do like the the ten minutes of work to figure out. Like I'll I'll know by the time that they by the time that Keith and and Derek get on that show and Cardi are there, I have everything that they mentioned. I've I've already I, I already have. I literally already have last night. Okay, so if you want to get if you want to get a head start, you don't need to watch that show. But uh, once once that show comes out within like two hours, you ain't gonna get those numbers anymore. So I would suggest watching that show if if you want, if you want, if you don't, if you don't want to do the, the five to ten minutes of legwork yourself. Uh, going through the YouTube chat, I'll answer anything. I mean, I'm, I'm it's kind of a wild card today. Uh, I'm not gonna go the full hour. I mean, it, there's no set time for the show or anything like that. Got something uh, a little bit after the show to, to record as well, uh, but uh, wanted to go over some 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 of that that prop betting type of stuff. Oh, uh, let's see. Could be Travis. I don't play poker. Can you explain the ship my money H Ace King analogy when it comes to showdown duplicates? Well, it's just it's ne- it's a ne- negative EV. It's a, I mean, what uh, if you if you saw ship my money's tweet about you know about winning with a hundred and thirty. 23-way duped lineups in large field. The key is large field showdown, especially when playing like 150 lineups is is like putting getting all your money in as like uh as a as a as a nine to one underdog and then knowing that you could only win 20% of the pot and then hitting a straight again and, and winning the hand as a t- as 
as a 90% underdog and then then go and then beating a chest over. That's it. I mean, it's essentially like, oh, I'm going to put my money in compl- very negative EV and then say, well, all the math people are stupid. I mean, that's essentially what it is. MJC, can you discuss how you look at ranges of outcomes and how projections are more of a range versus an exact prediction of outcome? Are ceiling projections the way to go when building lineups? You can use you can use medians. That's perfectly fine. Just understand the stand like we have the standard deviation of the floor and ceiling projection in lineup HQ. So for instance, Geno Smith's standard deviation, meaning meaning the distance between his floor and the ceiling is lower than that of Jalen Hurts. Because look, we could see right here, floor third. Look at the difference be- between Geno Smith and Jalen Hurts' floor. For This is the Blitz projections. The Blitz the Blitz loves Geno Smith this week, by the way. Uh, so for 5,400, like, Geno Smith has only 1.43 less floor. Now, the floor is in the Blitz projections are the 25th percentile outcome. The ceiling is the 75th percentile outcome. So like from, from a floor perspective, the chances of Geno Smith and Jalen Hurts getting around 13, 14 points is about the same. But the, the 75th percentile outcome for Jalen Hurts is 10 points higher. Okay, that's why standard deviation is higher. The difference between the floor and the ceiling is higher. Derek Carr, for instance, very similar floor, a little bit lower, but his ceiling is much lower. Right, so the median is the median is fine, but the standard deviation is lower. Okay, so for like for cash games, Geno Smith and Derek Carr are 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 good, are pretty. I mean that they could be fine in GPPs also. Just understand that the range of outcomes is lower. I have obviously once you start adding receivers and and correlation, you know when they do hit a seventy fifth percentile outcome, they're taking along probably other players with them a guy from the other side of the game or whatever. So that's all this is. It, you can see this in lineup HQ, in the projections, okay? You just have to sign up. Click on that link in the description. Get $10 off your first month. You can see that. I could go to a running back, right? And based on the, the distance between the floor and the ceiling, see that, like, Jonathan Taylor, Christian, obviously the higher-priced guys typically have the higher ceiling. Right, so the floor, the floor difference between a lot of these guys isn't isn't that dramatically different, but the ceiling projections could be a bit different. Like we see between, if you had to choose between Damian Pierce and Josh Jacobs, Damian Pierce has a, a higher floor, higher ceiling than uh, Josh Jacobs by a little bit, by just a little bit. Once you smack variance on top of that, I don't think it matters that much between the two. But you can see here, like 7.58. Khalil Herbert, assuming that assuming that he starts, I guess. Assuming Montgomery's out. Like, his his his, his standard deviation is lower than of some of these other running backs. While someone like Austin Eckler has a higher standard deviation. Someone like J.D. McKissick has a low standard deviation. Why? Because he doesn't do much other than, like, third downs, catch some passes. But he'll catch four balls, right? He'll rest the ball 20 yards. Like he's pretty, he's pretty good. He's pretty, I mean, for, 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 you know, seven to nine points, right. 11 points. I mean, pretty fine. I mean, you you have the standard deviations right in here. Jamal Williams standard deviation for this slate is much higher. Wide receiver. Right. We can see, I mean, a lot of times there's not that much difference, but like, take a look at Nico Collins, 5.94. Like, so his median is much closer to his 75th percentile outcome than other people's median is to the 75th percentile outcome. Now, in general, the higher median players typically have higher ceilings in raw points anyway. So whether or not you like optimize by median or optimize by ceiling, that doesn't make that dramatic of an effect. Remember, we're not picking players, okay? Looking through and going, well, this one's slightly higher than this one, and this one's slightly higher than that one. That will show its effect after 7,000 million trillion slates. I'm just a large, a large amount. On a span of one slate, well, uh, Cortland Sutton has a slightly higher standard deviation than Drake London for 300 more 
I'm going to play 70% of him and 0% Drake London. Like, no, the difference should be about uh, in, in how much exposure should be a half a percent. Right. So how much work are you going to do when the the difference in your exposure, which doesn't matter, that's a diversification risk management tool, is it really going to matter for a, this di minor difference in standard deviation? It's not. The large ones, maybe you can. But from a small perspective, you'd stop trying to pick players. I do not build lineups based on picking players. I'm picking lineups. Okay? So we could take a look and we go, okay, well, well, Geno Smith has a much lower standard deviation than some of these other quarterbacks. Okay. But once I had, once I had Lockett, and once I had Metcalf, and once I had Hawkinson to my lineup, when Geno Smith has 30 points, like, dude, my lineup wins a GPP. Because Lockett gets there, Metcalf gets there, Hawkinson on a run back, maybe he has 80 yards and two touchdowns. Like, like dude, they all come with me. Same thing in baseball. It's like, oh, oh, this home run hitter, you know, like someone like that that strikes out or hits a home run has a high standard deviation. But if there's three men on base and the, the team is batting around and scored 400 runs, 14 runs, like all the bat, my stack with that batter, even though the other four hitters may have a lower standard deviation, but they're coming along with me. Basketball, even though there's there's not really much correlation there, from a from a from a ceiling perspective, the same thing applies. I, I I'm not going to be nitpicking on on well, this is a little higher than this, is a little higher than that, or like oh, I'm going to optimize by ceiling instead of median. So you could you can do that. Doesn't mean you're going to build good lineups. Be like oh yeah, and I'm I'm not going to bother with anything else and just optimize by ceiling. It's just like, you're just going to have a mishmash of high owned. High owned cash lineups with the kind of like a two v two, and then you're going to try to win the million maker with that. Like that, that in and of itself isn't going to do anything. Rob Gardner asks a very good question: Does true randomness factor in the standard deviation? Yes, that is the difference between clicking that box or not. Whether or not you want linear randomness or distributional randomness. Linear randomness without the box checked, just what it will do. If you let's say you have 10% randomness on Geno Smith, okay? Which means every time it builds a lineup, it's going to change Gino, ev everyone in the pool's pro projection, or let's just say Geno Smith's, by plus or minus 10% of the median, okay? So what's 10% of 22? 2.2, right? So you're going to have... So, Anywhere from like 20 or so, right? We're going to just going to use, you know, estimate. It's 20 point whatever. 20 to 24. So on the first build, it'll, it'll randomly go 23.6, mm, 21.4, 23.8, 20.2, right? That's all. That's what it's going to do. 10%. It's 20%, obviously. It's 18 to 26 or whatever. Okay linearly which means it has no basis it's just going on this median number that's it if you put on true range randomness it's going to use the floor and the ceiling to determine that proportion so 10 percent randomness would mean it's going 10 percent of the way of its one standard deviation outcome so it's going to go 10 percent of the way in between 22 and 13 and 10 percent in the way of 22 and 30. Okay. So what's what's the difference between 22 and 13? Nine. Okay. What's 10% of nine? 0.9. Right. So it's going to go 0.9 in one direction. What's the difference between 22 and 30? Eight. What's 10% of eight? 0.8. Okay. So it's going to go 0.9 in this direction and 0.8 in that direction. Right, because obviously it represents that Geno Smith has has a higher floor but a lower ceiling. So if you use true range randomness, if you use true range randomness at one hundred percent, it will literally go from thirteen to thirty point three, fourteen point three to forty point six. Why am I changing these numbers here? Let me reset this. 
So if you use 100% true range randomness, it's literally just going to use the floor and the ceiling and go, I'm going to pick a random, rando, rando, well, actually a distributional occurrence. Because obviously the 12s don't happen as often as the as the 19s. So that, that's what true range randomness is. If I'm going to be using randomness, I'm going to be using true range randomness. I'm not, assuming you have a floor and a ceiling projection. If you're making your own projections and you don't have that, then you can't use true range randomness because it has to be linear. If you click that box, it'll end up being linear randomness no matter what. Uh, uh, so Rob Gardner says, so in theory, true range randomness, 100% randomness would be real life randomness and most accurate. However, for some contests, the extremes are unnecessary, and we never realize the most extreme. That's correct. So we dial it down based on the contest size and what percentile we need to win. Yes, you can do that. True range randomness is a way to essentially run your own sims with the projections that you have in some regard. And we also give you the option to do so on a, on a positional level as well as on a team level. To me, the team one is the more important in correlative sports. So I'm less likely to use distributional randomness for individual, like just for running backs or just for wide receivers. Be just like for the team in general. Being a 20% randomness or something like that. Which means when it, when it goes in one direction, it goes in direction for all the players on one team. And what if it goes the full 20, it goes the full 20 for all of them. It goes 10 on some, it's like minus eight on another, you know, does the whole thing at once. Rather than, you know, imagine putting true tr uh, uh, tr range randomness to 100 and team level randomness to, a you know, you put it at 100. Okay. Which means if you if uh, you put true range randomness at 100, but don't do anything with team level randomness. Like picture what happens then. Then it's quite possible that uh, Geno Smith has as a 30 point. It, it projects Geno Smith for, for the first lineup for a lineup at 30 at a ceiling and DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett at, at like two points each or whatever, whatever their floor is. Like how often does that happen, right? All the all the other Geno Smith gets there with thirty points, but all the other Seahawks are have have very low projections, right? But they're tied into each other. So if Geno Smith does well, most likely the receivers are doing well, and vice versa. So if you're going to use randomness like that, use it at the team level, if anything. Of course, that takes takes account the running backs also, and everyone everyone on the team. We don't have game level randomness, right? Game level would mean that it would also take into account the Lions. Because a lot of times you're building in run backs to your stacks. Do you have to do any of this? Absolutely not. You do not have to do any of this. It's a methodology. If you if you want to, there's a hundred methodologies and variables you can put in. You go, well, I, this, is, this is what gives me better lineups than other ones that I could choose that are also good. You can build 40,000 plus EV lineups. It's not hard. It's really not hard. But let's say you're 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 only investing in playing 20 of them. Well, how do you get your 40,000 out to 20? Well, I'd like to take some of the bet that even out of the 40,000 or plus EV, there are some that are maybe a little bit better than others. And then you have to take into account how much risk do I want to take? Do I want 20 of the same line type of lineup, even if they're the highest EV? Do I want lineups that are high EV, but they, they either like win or they almost never cash. Do I want 20 of those? Well, based on your risk profile, maybe you don't. Maybe you want one or two of those, but not all 20. You don't want to just go into a slate going all either. Either I do well and all of my, all 20 of my lineups are towards the top. And that happens once every 40 years. And if it doesn't happen, all the other 39 years and 17 slates, you get back zero dollars. It may be the highest EV because that one time that you win, you win the Millie Maker. 
right? You just have to live long enough. You may have to live several lifetimes for, for that lineup's EV to realize. So how many, how many of those types of lineups do you want? Well, if you don't mind the risk, if you're, you know, just like, oh, I'm just, I'm throwing a hundred bucks or whatever. Okay. Just be free. Go, go for it. Play multiple lineups that are like that. That's fine. So it's not a matter of just how to build good lineups. It's not hard to build good lineups. It's, well, you could build tens of thousands of them. So how are you personally going to pick and choose which ones that you want to play? I prefer the ones that are higher EV, but then the risk profile starts going up and up and up and up. And then the risk profile of your portfolio. Be like, okay, well, I'm going to take ones that out of the 40,000, there are these high variance ones and these low variance ones. I'm going to pick some from the middle. But then you pick some from the middle and then you realize that you have uh, that you have uh, Damian Pierce in all 20 of your lineups. Now, individually, those lineups are fine. But in your portfolio of 20, you're basically saying that if Damian Pierce doesn't have a good game today, I'm, I'm going to lose most of my money. So instead of picking 20 Damian Pierce lineups, you're like, I'm just going to pick 10 of them. Do am I saying anything about Damian Pierce? No, I'm just saying that my I I have too many too much of one stock in my portfolio, and for my risk profile, I I like to be more diversified. And whatever level of diversification that it fits your risk profile, do with it what what you want. The ind the individual lineup still should be plus EV, and there's forty thousand of them. So feel free to pick the twenty out of the forty thousand. That fits into a twenty lineup portfolio that you're that you're satisfied with that has that is positive expected value and whatever level of risk that you want to take on. That's it. That's all it is. So if you're going to choose that, like okay, I'm just going to eliminate all the lower standard deviation quarterbacks. Okay, that's fine if you want to do that. But you can still make Derek Carr lineups that are very highly plus EV, but the standard deviation is low, so. Once you pair him up with Devontae Adams and you run it back with Cortland Sutton, when that game does hit its 80th percentile outcome, most likely that stack and run back and everything, that that's, that's going to be in the winning lineup. All comes along. But Derek Carr by himself as a solo, just a naked quarterback, prob, prob, probably doesn't get there. That's probably a, That may not be that high of an EV lineup. Uh, Rob Gardner, last little question. How would you approach sports where true randomness isn't available? How would you decide where to, where to set your linear to? You don't have to, there's no decision. Rob, you have to get out of the mindset. I know I say it all the time. I know it's hard. I know it's hard. I know it's hard. There is literally no correct answer. How would you decide what to set your linear to? You don't have to set it to anything. I rarely use randomness. Rarely. Okay, I know a lot of top players that use tons of randomness, absolutely tons of it. Okay, I don't as much. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. Sometimes I do a little. If I'm getting lineups that all look very similar to me, I just use it as a diversification tool. I trust the projections that I that I that I get. Right? If I'm not getting, if I'm if I'm getting a lot of a quarterback, but not enough of the wide receivers, it's like okay, then I need to increase team level random. I I already know what lineups I'm building. Okay, or I'm building thousands upon thousands of lineups and then choosing from there. So it's one of the two. I'm I'm never approaching it from. I need to build twenty lineups perfectly from one thing. What are the settings like that? That is the incorrect way of using this of using a tool like this. Of like, what do what do I make all the settings and then press a button? Like, no, you're either doing one of two things. Either you're building a lot more lineups, way more lineups you'll ever need, and then picking and choosing in some whatever fashion you want, or you've already envisioned the types of lineups that you're playing, and then you just plug it in the well, I know I'm not going to play these two running backs together. I know I'm not going to do this. I'm I know I'm not playing Derek Carr at all. So I'm just going to X him out. And I'm going to find the lineups that I want to play. And what's what what do I need to put in in order to get those lineups? Right? I want to play Jalen Hurts and AJ Brown, but I I don't want to I only want it to be a single stack. Okay, well, I'll go to the stack section. 
and make sure that it's only a single stack for that for Philadelphia. And build lineups based on that. Like it's one of the two ways you build to use the tools. If you put the randomness linear, if you put linear randomness 100, percent you're essentially basically saying I want a random number generator. So probably that's that's probably not the right move, right? Unless you, unless you don't care about the actual projections, you wouldn't put 100% linear randomness on because you're basically saying, yes, I have these projections and I want it to be plus or minus the whole thing. The whole thing. Either go from zero to 50 on every play and just randomly, randomly make lineups. Like, probably wouldn't do that. How much? On, it depends on the lineups that you build. Uh, Leo says the roster construction part is hard to understand for NFL and how to get a relative value when pivoting from chalk seems like it go from salary pivot or different roster construction types. Yeah. Typically it's different roster construction types, not, not playing combinations of players that are going to be common with each other. Okay. So unlike last week's slate, Fournette, Montgomery, Diggs, there are going to be a lot of lineups that look like that. That have all three players in it. And a lot of lineups have two players in it. Of those three. And then the lineups that have Montgomery and Fournette in it may still have an 8K receiver in it. Like, like Diggs was what, 7,700? That lineup may still have Amon Ross St. Brown in it. Like, it's still going to kind of look salary construction-wise kind of the same. So what, what are you looking to do? Build lineups that have similar proportion of projection to ownership that don't look like that, that don't look as much like that. Does that mean you play David Montgomery and not Leonard Fournette? Or do you play Montgomery and you don't play Fournette? Either either or. Do you not play Diggs? Well, you could play none of them if you want. You could play all three of them. You'd have to build around that ownership. So it's not a matter of picking players. It's a matter of, okay, well, can I get it? The lineup that has all of these common players, which is pretty much a cash lineup, has a projection of X and an ownership of Y. How do I lower my Y and maintain as much X as possible while not having that combination of players? That's welcome to DFS. That's DFS GPPs. What player would that be? Well, I'd, you could you could build the lineup that has the same balance that has Damon Montgomery in it, that doesn't have David Montgomery in it, that has Leonard Fournette in it, that doesn't have Leonard Fournette in it, that has Stefan Diggs in it, that doesn't have Stefan Diggs in it, that has two of the three, that has three of the three, that has none of the three. And you could show me a lineup in all of those instances that has the expected value that's about similar to each other. Each lineup will look different though. Okay? So your Stefan Diggs lineup that only has Stefan Diggs and no Leonard Fournette and, and David Montgomery probably has Miles Sanders and Damian Pearson. Your lineup that has David Montgomery and, 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 and Leonard Fournette probably has Devontae Adams and doesn't have Jake Jacobs or Pierce or whoever, Miles Sanders at all. Right? And extrapolate, continue to extrapolate that out. So it's not a matter of who to play. It's what lineups to play. You should always be thinking about lineups in DFS, not players. Players are just a byproduct of who happens to be in a in a nine-player lineup. So, like, if I run the Blitz Optimal right now, right? Smith, Pierce, Harris, Cooks, Pittman, Lockett, Hawkinson, Jamal Williams, Bills. Like, you wouldn't play this in GPP, Right? The combinations of play, I mean, you're playing mo- pretty much all chalk and the combinations of the chalk, right? You're sh- people throw these types of, I mean, I, I, regardless of the fact of, oh, well, yeah, well, you're playing a single stack of whatever, and you're playing two Detroit players. I'm like, okay, kind of looks like a GPP lineup, but these combinations of players will also be, you're going to be sharing points with a lot more lineups than you think you are. So how do I get away? Like, most people, most average DFS players will ask this. They will look at this lineup and go, well, I know I can't play this lineup in GPP. And let's say they're playing smaller field GPP where you don't have to, it's not the Millie Maker and you're like, I don't have to get nutso, nutso, right? Nutso, nutso. 
You just have to get a little bit nuts. Then look at this and they go, well, who should I fade? Right? It's like, okay, this is the cash lineup. And I'm playing single entry GPP. I'm playing one lineup. What sh- who should I fade? And I go, you can fade whoever you want. Anyone that you fade means that it'll make a different line. I think it, if you, oh, I don't want to play Pittman. It's like, well, do you want to just replace him with another $7,200 player? That's probably not good enough because you still have a combination of a lot of the chalkier players together. So maybe the thing is that when you don't play Pittman, you're paying up at one running back spot. You're playing a different type of lineup. It's more about who you're not playing in your lineup. Well, who do I not play? Do I not play Damian Pierce? Well, you could. You could not play anyone in this line. Right? Imagine if I did that. Imagine this, this is what I do. Right? I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go to uh to, to Damian Pierce and go, well, what's the next best lineup if I don't play Damian Pierce? I X him out. I run it. Jamal Williams, uh, Josh Jacobs. So essentially it just replaces him with Jacobs. Okay. Let's say I also don't play Jamal Williams. Right? Now what does my lineup look like? Well, it still has the Geno Smith Lockett stack. With Hawkinson, I got Pittman, Cooks, I got Curtis Samuel now, Najee Harris, and Josh Jacobs. And you're like, okay, well, I still want to keep the Seattle stat. You know, I still I still like Geno Smith, right? But how about if I don't play Brandon Cooks also? Okay, I don't play Brandon Cooks. I X him out. I end up with Smith, McCaffrey, Harris, Collins, Drake London, Tyler Lockett, Hawkinson, Jacobs, Steelers defense. What's wrong with this line? If you want to play this lineup in a small field GPP, go for it. Look at what combinations of players you don't have. Out of that chalky, chalk, you know, cash type lineup, the only players that you share are Smith, Harris, Lockett, and Hawkinson. Okay? And remember, Smith, Lockett, and Hawkinson are kind of correlated to each other anyway. So you're like, okay, that's that's a GPP type of thinking. You got Najee Harris and the Steelers defense. Again, I mean, the running back DSD is somewhat of a correlation. You're paying up for McCaffrey. You're playing Nico Collins, who's probably going to be 1% owned. You're playing Josh Jacobs and not Jamal Williams, who's probably going to be super chalk if Swift is, uh, is ruled out, which most likely he will be. So there you go. Here's a lineup that you could play. But let's, let's start this. Now I'm going to... I'm going to put back all the players, right? We're going to put back that like cashy lineup. Let's say you start from a different point and you just go, okay, what happens if I don't, what happens if I don't play Geno Smith? Okay. Now I get Hertz, London, Lockett, Hawkinson. But I'm like, if I'm not going to play Geno Smith, I'm not going to play Lockett either. You take out Lockett. Now you get uh, Hertz. Should we even, we can play Hurts naked if you want, right? You, you don't even need a receiver for him. And you got Jamal Williams, Pierce, Romeo Dubs, Brandon Cooks, Pittman, Hawkinson, Jacobs, Colts. But maybe you're not going to play Hawkinson because it's like, I'm not going to play anyone from the game, right? You're like, I'm not going to play anyone from that game. And also, you don't necessarily want to play Cooks and Pierce together because it's like, do I want to play a running back and a wide receiver for ceiling? Any touchdown that Cooks catches, Pierce isn't running the ball in. So I'm going to, I'm going to play, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm not going to play Cooks, right? So I want to play Pierce instead. Wanted, whatever, whatever you want, okay? Now you're down to Hertz, Williams, Pierce, Collins, London, Pittman, Njoku, Jacob, Steelers. But like, okay, I don't want to play Collins either because I want I, I want to play Pierce. Is Pierce a good play? He's projected fine. Let's say you want, you need to have a lineup with Damian Pierce in it. Okay, so I'll get rid of Nico Collins. I got Richie James Jr. in that lineup. And you're playing chalky running back. You are playing the chalky run. Maybe you don't want to play Jacobs. You're like, oh, I don't want to play Jacobs either. Josh Jacobs, get rid of him. Can we run that again? Okay, we got Harris, Jet, Harris in the Jets defense. He's like, no, nah, I can't play Najee Harris. Nah, he's too inefficient. Don't want to play him. All right. Plug that in. You still get Jamal Williams, Pierce, Richie James, London, Pittman, and Joku Sutton in the Las Vegas game and the Bears defense. And let's say you're like, uh, like you don't mind eating the Jamal Williams chalk in this lineup. But let's say you, you don't play Pittman either. I don't think Pittman's going to be that owned anyway. 
and Pittman out. Now you got Jonathan Taylor in your lineup instead. And the Colts defense. Okay, that's not bad. Hurts, Pierce, Williams, James, Dubs, London. London and Njoku are opposite sides of the game, right? Hurts and uh, Hurts and it doesn't matter. You could use him naked. That's fine. Colts defense and Taylor is somewhat of a correlation. There you go. Here's a lineup there. This is a lineup that would, what, what would Jamal Williams chalk in it? That's, this is what this lineup would look like. Like that's all you, you can make any lineup with any player. As long as you're dropping enough ownership in relation to the projection and not playing as similar constructed lineups. So it's, this is much different than simply like, imagine going back to the original lineup, right. And going, well, uh, I don't want to play this exact lineup. So instead of playing Najee Harris, or instead of playing, let's see, is there a running back 6,700? Instead of playing Najee Harris, I'm going to play uh, 5% owned Cordell Patterson. So instead of, or like, let's say Jamal Williams, right? You go, like, I'm going to fade the chalk, right? I'm going to play this exact lineup, but instead of playing Jamal Williams, I'm going to play Zeke Elliott. But leave the rest of the lineup the exact same. Like, that's not nearly as good. Even if Zeke was 1% owned, that wouldn't be nearly as good as what we did before. Why? Because once you replace, I'm going to replace Jacobs, I'm going to replace Jamal Williams with the Zeke Elliott. Like, how much ownership drop? You're not getting that, that... you're still competing against lineups that have like half of these players in it. So you're competing still against 2,000 other lineups that have this or 50 other lineups, depending on what you know contest you're playing. And all of them are moving at the same time, except yours move with move more with Elliot and theirs move more with Jamal Williams. That's it. But everything else, the entire other part of the lineup is also moving up the payout structure with you. Wouldn't you much rather have a similarly projected lineup, 148 at 73, that has a 4v4, so that only part, only more less parts of your lineup are moving alongside other opponent lineups? Absolutely. So that's the reason it's not a matter of like players. It's a matter of lineups. If you fade Jamal Williams, what is the what is a, what is a well-constructed GPP lineup for that size contest? based on that contest's ownership look like. You could do it. There are lineups that, well, how about if you have Jamal Williams in here? Okay, then that looks different also. A lineup that pays up twice at running back, what does that look like? A lineup that pays down a quarterback, that, pay, that has a double stack and two bring back, what does that look like? That plays this guy rather than that guy. They, You could do this, you could do this for hours. You could build lineups upon lineups upon lineups upon lineups. You could get to the point where, Okay, I'm fine. It's three days later. You've been up for 72 hours straight and you're up to the, the 15,000 lineup that you built. And you're looking through and like, all these lineups are viable. All these lineups are plus EV. All these lineups are fine. <laughs> right? So you could go to that extent if you want. You're like, well, I'm only playing three. Well, then good luck. Choose three out of the 15,000. Which three should I choose? Whichever three you want. I mean, Really? A lot of a lot of this, you know, there's a margin of error in projections. There's a margin of error in EV calculation. There's a margin of error. I mean, this is not, you know, R value of one, right? You're not getting an R squared of one here. So, like, once you smack variance on your fifteen thousand lineups, it's like good luck telling me which three are better than the other three, <laughs> right? Good luck, right? I, I know it's it, that that is the answer. I know it's hard to to accept for a lot of people. That is the answer. So play whoever you want. That's what that means. Like you can start a lineup with any goddamn player you want. Within reason, probably. I probably wouldn't start with an automatic zero. Having a player that's inactive or injured or something, I probably wouldn't do that. Maybe there's a threshold. Maybe you don't want to take a guy that's the sixth wide receiver that's projected for point four or five points. But technically you can. One play, you can get an eight-yard touchdown. Okay, it's football. I mean, there are probably better lineups than that. For you to choose from. But, I mean, you could take probably half the player pool. And once you start with one player, now the lower projected you go down the scale of players that you're playing, 
You have to fill, you have to make up that projection somewhere. So if you're playing two 1% on guys that have low projections, most likely you're going to have to start putting, you're going to have to have Jamal Williams in that lineup. You're going to have to have Tyler Lockett in that lineup. You're going to have to start having, having some, you're going to have to raise your projection to somewhat, right? Oh yeah, I have, a, I, have a, I have a lineup with an ownership sum of 20 and a projection that's 55 points lower than everyone else's. Yeah, that's probably not a good lineup. Probably you don't need a 20% ownership sum lineup. Maybe maybe a 60 would be fine to get your projection up another 25 points. Probably that would, probably would be better. But how you do that, whatever players it takes to do that. What exact players? Whatever players it takes. That's why we have the numbers. Right? You sign up for Roto-Grinders, right? Roto-Grinders Premium. You get lineup HQ. You get the projections. You get the RG projections. You can pay extra for Cardi's Blitz projections. You get that. And now you have numbers to players. Now I could, I could turn this off. I don't even know if I can anymore. Can I? I probably I could do it in the CSS. I could do it manually myself. I to turn off the column. Is there where's where's the column function in here? I don't know. I, I rarely I just leave the columns the way they are. But I mean you can take out the names. Just hide the names. Hide the names of whatever. And just all you care about is this this column right in the middle. All this stuff right in the middle. Project this projection stuff. Like, dude, you could just wipe out everything on the screen. And I I I, I don't I only need this to build lineups. That's it. The model takes into account everything also. Everything with predictive power. So it's already weighing it properly for you. Well, this one has a, this high total and that one has, a, it's already in there. Well, there's 10 mile an hour wind and what it's already in there. Well, in the past three games, they threw him to him 28% of the time versus what that's already in there. Anything you could tell yourself is already in there. So for you to think and like, well, I'm going to play this guy over that guy because of X, like it's already, it's already in the numbers. Now, if you're using that to as to make you feel better to get down from 100 lineups to 20, go for it. Once you get once you start building plus EV lineups, and you have 100 of them, and you're only going to play five, how you get from the 100 to the five, you, whatever method you want, you've already you've already concluded that the 100 lineups that you've you've made are plus EV, right? different levels of EV, different standard deviations, sure, but profitable long run compared to your opponents, right? Your hundred lineups, like some dude on the, on the toilet making a lineup, his lineup wouldn't, wouldn't be better than any of the hundred lineups, right? So it didn't matter if who, what you played against. You'd like that. You'd like the higher ones, but you know that you built a hundred plus EV lineups to some extent. Some are higher variance than others. And then, then you look at that and you go, okay, how do I get down to five? Well, if you think they're all similar enough in profitability, then the methodology on how you get from 100 to five doesn't matter. You could choose to be like, well, I know this lineup. I just, I can't play Josh Jacobs. Feel free to just eliminate all the Josh Jacobs lineups. Doesn't mean that, you, that he's not plus even. No, it's just that you you made that decision to get from the 100 to the five. You can get, oh, I only want to play the high total games out of, okay, that, that's fine also. Remember, it's like having a, 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 a jar full of blue marbles, 100 blue marbles, and then I'm saying, I want you to pick five at five blue marbles out. Which five, which, which, which five are you going to choose? And you look at the, the blue marbles and they, they all look the same to you. It's a blue marble. Like, is there any difference? Is are some of them chipped? I'm like, no, they're all about the same, right? They all look the same, right? So pick five of them. How would you choose to pick those five marbles? I'm gonna look at the marble. This one seems a little bit shinier than this one. This one seems like at the end of the day, just randomly pick five marbles if you want. I mean, if you what's what's gonna be that much of a difference? Nothing. It's not gonna be that much of a difference. So if you build a hundred plus CV lineups and you need five, you could. If you wanted to, perfectly acceptable. Close your eyes and pick them out of a hat. Go to random.org, right? Go to random.org. You go, to, you go here, you go, I'm going to, I have my hundred lineups and I have to choose five, right? I go to random.org, right? Uh, yes, I have, uh, yes, I want to allow all my cookies. Yeah, give me all my cookies. 
right? So I have 100 lineups, right? So I have lineups labeled 1 to 100. I want five of them. Okay, generate. Okay, I'm taking the 11th one. I'm taking the fourth one. I'm taking the 67th one. I'm taking the 64th one. And I'm taking the 75th one. There you go. Now, when you pick those five liners, it's like, well, that means uh, I have Jamal Williams in all five of them. If you don't want that risk of having the same player in all five lineups, then don't, then that's your methodology of pairing that. Because now you're, now because you're playing five lineups, you want to have a certain risk profile. If you're only playing one out of these hundred, then obviously you're going to have a hundred percent of everyone. Which one should I choose out of the hundred? Well, whichever, just there you go. 46th one. There you go. That methodology of me right there of going, which one should you pick? Pick the 46th one because that's what it come up on random.org is as viable as anything that you could come up with. So you could come up with stupid reasons. It doesn't matter because you're not going to be able to beat a random number generator. So at, once you have your 100 plus EV lineups and you can only choose one, if you're like, you know, I don't play anyone named Sam on Sundays. So I'm I'm taking out I'm taking out whatever. Is there a Sam in the pool? Curtis Samuel. There's a Sam in his name. Because it's Sunday and I have a rule that I never play Sam's on Sundays, I'm going to eliminate all the Curtis Samuel lineups. That sounds stupid. But once you get pair yourself down to the plus EV lineups, that's just hey, random it's not going to beat random randomly choosing them. So you might as well make up whatever feel free to the birthday narrative it up. At that point, once you're once you've made plus EV lineups, don't use the narratives or anything like that to make the lineups. That has no no bearing on the expected value of a lineup. But once you're down to like, I got all these lineups and I, I'm only going to be playing X amount. Like at that point, now you're just creating a risk profile for for a portfolio. That's it. That's all you're doing. How much of a certain player do I want? It's not a matter of should I be over the field or under the field. It's more of a matter of how much risk. Right, I have a stock portfolio with ten stocks. How much? How much of each stock do I want to have? That's it. Certain stocks are higher variance. Maybe it's like okay, I have a little bit lower on the higher variance stuff and a higher on the higher variance. So you, whichever risk profile you want to have in your portfolio, and your portfolio could be just two lineups. Right, that's two. Right, you have fifty percent of someone. Do I want the guy in both of my lineups? Well, how do I determine that? Well, it's your choice. There's, there's no what. There's do I have you know, both of them or none of them? Well, once you've already built plus EV lineups, it doesn't. It's like picking blue marbles out of a jar. Like, dude, what matters? What what blue marbles you choose? They're they're all mathematically the same. Close enough, right? You might as well just just pick them randomly. So if you can't beat picking them randomly, any way you do it, no matter how stupid. Oh, it's this guy's birthday, so I'm going to make sure to out of my three lineups have one of those lineups. It out of my hundred to choose from. Perfectly fine. Absolutely. 100%. You could do that. Okay. All right. Don Montgomery's posting the RAND, like the RAND function or something. You can do that in Excel. Like I'll, I'll build 100 large field lineups. I'll enter 100 large field lineups on Sunday. Uh, what li- And they go in different contests. Because I, so I don't put 100 into this and the same 100 into that. I'll, I'll do like 40 millis and 40 in the slant and 10 in this. And you know how I choose which lineup goes in which contest? The RAND function in Excel. That, that that's it, right? I just put I just put my you know the hundred lot the hundred thing the the hundred the slots and the DK entries, right? And I have the hundred lineups that I pared it down to. Where does these go into those? I don't just cut and paste. I just go mm, random and then put it over. <laughs> that's it. So I don't know what lineup is going to go in what contest because they're all large field contests. For now, for my single entry three max stuff, I will choose ten lineups out of that that have typically higher projections and lower variance. And since I play like ten single entry contests, three max contests, I will look to diversify. I will look to like, okay, let me choose the one Joe Burrow lineup stack lineup. Let me choose the two Jalen Hurts lineups. Let me choose the one Mahomes lineups. And maybe I see that, like, okay, I'm playing Damian Pierce in, like, three of these. Well, the next lineup I choose is not going to be a Damian Pierce lineup. Because I, from from the single entry three max, me personally, probably don't, I I, I didn't want to have all ten lineups with Damian Pierce. 
I could have, but I, I chose not to because I already have lineups to choose from. So whichever way you want to choose them, it's up to you. I could have played 10 Jalen Hurts lineups if I wanted to. I could have, but it's not very diversified. Does that make it bad? No, it just means it's not diverse. means if the Eagles suck, I'm going to lose all of my money. If the Eagles are great, I'm going to have 10 lineups that could compete for first place. If it's somewhere in the middle, they're all going to be near the cash line. Like all these 10 lineups are going to be moving like kind of with each other. And it's perfectly, if you don't mind the higher risks of doing that, then do it. Those are still all plus EV lineups. But if you'd rather, like, I don't, I want to, I want to make it so that, like, yeah, I have a good chance of winning with each of these. And worst case scenario, some of them do well, some of them do bad. And I only lose like 30 or 40% on the day. Then be more diverse. That's it. In your, line of portfolio set. The individual lineups itself are independently plus EV. So I didn't expect to talk about this. I mean, that's why it's Wild Card Wednesday. Expected to talk about uh, the prize picks and stuff, but good. I can keep it to myself, right? Remember, I posted last week on Twitter. I posted this. I posted on Friday or something, Friday or Saturday. Here's 22 NFL props with prize on prize picks underdog that I've got for Sunday with two picks and a round robin. If you're only first looking at these sites on Friday, right? So I must've been posting on Friday. You've already lost. You need a 58 plus percent win rate to profit long-term on these. So getting the best number possible is paramount. Okay. How do you get the best number? How do you choose what to, what to, what to get? I'm not doing anything magical. I'm literally not doing anything magical. You see these? These are called the Blitz Standard Projections. Okay? They have statistical projections in here for receiving yards, passing yards, targets, everything. Every Everything in here. Pass completions, you know, uh, every, every, everything. That's what Cardi projects. So Cardi typically has the first the initial run of projections done on Tuesday night. So you know what I do on Tuesday night? I load them up and I head over to prize picks. I head over to prize picks and underdog. And I see what their lines are. The ones with the biggest disparities, I start slamming them. And most of the time, like those those 22 props that I showed you that I had last, last week, all of them moved sig- enough. Most of them, all of them moved, but most of them moved to a number which it wouldn't be profitable anymore. Okay? So you'd be sitting there on Friday going, I'll take the over in this, and it's like, it's not profitable anymore. So like, for instance, I think the biggest one, just to, to throw you a bone, you should watch the Blitz release show. I guarantee I guarantee you, I've, I've 18, I've, I've, I've already, I already maxed out last night. So I can't even, I can't even make any more. Because there's a limit. I, I have a $4,000 limit on my, my account. I don't know if that's normal. I can't do more than $4,000 of uh, whatever, of picks and everything in a day. So I'm all right, I'm all right, I'm all right, I can't. I can't even put in things together. I did as many as I could. Uh, but I got 18 of them. And the best one, the best mathematical one right now, based on the blitz projections. Uh, let's see. I mean, obviously, obviously the Blitz loves the Seahawks. So if you went like to me, if you if you trust the Blitz, you should be building a lot. You should start today and build five picks or something like that that start like this. If you're gonna build five picks, the five pick flexes. Right, Smith and Lockett. You could even like Metcalf is low also. So even if you want to do it like here, here's one that that I actually have. A five pick that I have. I do mostly two picks, by the way. Where is this? Okay. I have because you're allowed you're allowed correlation to a certain extent here. So Geno Smith over to 20 and a half. Remember, it has to be these numbers. If Geno Smith goes up to 240, you're, you're, you're done. Lock it over 59 and a half. Metcalf over 56 and a half, Davis Mills over 215 and a half, and Brandon Cooks over 55 and a half. Because obviously the quarterback and the receivers are correlated to each other. 
Here's a five pick. I have this one. I have, I, I mean, I have them in two picks. I have all of, I have all 18 in all the two pick combinations. But then once I'm done with all the two pick combinations, I look, I go, are there five pick combinations that I could play that have some type of correlation element to it? So the fact that I have the quarterback in both of Seattle's wide receivers, as well as the quarterback for the Texans and the wide receiver of the Texans, allows for me to make five picks of different things. But all of these are plus EV to a minus 137 level, to a 58% probability. All five of these. Based on the blitz projections, initial blitz projections as of this morning. I wouldn't be surprised if Geno Smith's number by Friday is 245. I wouldn't be surprised if Lockett's number by Friday is 68, 69 and a half. And Metcalf at like 64, 65 and a half. Wouldn't be shocked if Davis Mills goes up to 235 and a half. I wouldn't be shocked if Cooks got up to 63 and a half. Once you get up to those levels, now you're, you're, lo- you're losing expected value. Did I do anything magical? No. All I did was subscribe to the Blitz Projections. That's it. So like, like, like I said in the beginning of the show, you can watch the Blitz Release show, which I, I believe is today, right? Normally on Wednesdays. Cardi and Keith. They, that's what the, this is exactly what they look at, right? You get a head start on that by just all you have to do is just look. They, all the numbers are here, right? So you go, you go, you go to. I mean, this is not this uh, passing yards, right? You go here, right? You go to passing yards. You have all these numbers, so you go. Okay, Tua. Let me look up Tua. Tua. I, I sort by passing yards, right? Passing yards. Passing yards, right? Right, so I'm going to look for Tua. You could search if you want. Tua Tagovailoa, two fifty nine. Those lines two sixty and a half. So that's not that's not far off. So you pat. Then you go to Joe Burrow. Then you go to Kirk Cousins. Then you do all the quarterbacks. Then you go to rushing yards. Then you do for all these guys. Right. Then you go to receiving yards. And then you do it for all these guys. And then you get it. There you go. Pass it. They just put up pass it. But this is only for the Thursday night game. Like pass completion, they don't put these up typically till Thursday or Friday for the for the Sunday game. Like receptions, you're only going to get the Bengals uh, Dolphins game for tomorrow. That's it. That's it. What's what's the magic there? No magic. I did I did this exact thing, exactly for uh, last week. Twenty six and twelve in props on Prize Picks and Underdogs. Yeah, because the Montgomery one guy got ruined because he got injured. But getting the number good, getting the getting the best number possible. If you could get the best number possible and it closes and you get closing line value, you win long term. Does it guarantee that you win? No. But that's the biggest signal. If you're getting your money in good, that by close, you have value. Right? That that's the name of the game. And any props. Now, obviously, you need to get much higher in prize books than underdog because you need a minus 137. So if you're getting minus 137s at that level, you're profitable. That's it. End of story. So we'll be talking about the showdown slate tomorrow, right? Right? I I'm always here answering your questions, right? I thought I would talk more about prize picks, but I didn't. People had questions, I had answers. Because that's what I do here. Give me those thummy thumbs on your way out the door. Hit me those thummy thumbs. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the notification bell. We got more betting content. Scores and odds channel. Got live locks. You got the going long. Grant is going long, which could 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 be there could be a sexual reference in there somewhere. Uh, and uh, we got MLB stuff later today. Hit that notification. You'll always know when we go live. And if you and if you want all the stuff at the uh, Roto Grinders, right? The projections and everything, and the blitz. Just go to rotogrinders.com slash premium. Click on that link in the description. Get $10 off your first month. And I will see you tomorrow answering your DFS strategy questions like I always do. Monday through Friday, 11 o'clock Eastern on the DFS pregame show on rotogrinders.com. 